welcome to the Daily Dose with Boss, where we speak to various founders, CEOs, entrepreneurs about their life and journey in business. Come join us as they inspire the next generation of founders. Welcome to another episode of Daily Dose of Boss. And today we've got a lady here who's doing amazing stuff in the PR sector. And guys, I spoke to her earlier throughout the week and it was amazing. And I know that this episode is going to be amazing as well. And Tracy, how are you doing today? I am doing awesome. How are you doing, Jason? Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for jumping on. As you can hear, she's got a bit of an accent. So she's based in Canada. Whereabouts in Canada? I'm a Toronto girl. I was born in Ottawa, which is the capital. Okay. And but I lived most of my life from age 10 years old till really recently in in Toronto, which is the biggest city, our big metropolis, one of the most diverse, awesome cities of the world. And now I live about 45 miles west or kilometers west of that. Okay. Because I bought it because you know Toronto is expensive, like New York and LA. So I bought a house, (laughs) you know, 45 miles west. But it's just down the highway, and I'm still a Toronto girl. So Toronto is the short answer. That's great. And I think people, you know, a lot of people you've worked with different people in various sectors, but it all began with kind of a case we're talking about earlier in the week to do with activism and also social injustice. Can you kind of talk about that case and how that kind of propelled you into going into PR? Absolutely. And yeah, like originally it wasn't anything to do with a campaign. We didn't think of it that way. It wasn't about a case, you know, it wasn't a case certainly, but it wasn't about a career, about PR or messaging or anything, but in it just taught us all of that. So yeah. basically my husband and myself, my husband Dave Parkinson and I were young activists. We were, we got married when we were 25. And so at this point we were age 27, 28 years old. We'd had a little college radio show for a while. So in our headspace, we'd been, you know, collecting information in a kind of newsy frame of mind. But yeah. Primarily, we were young activists. So now we didn't have our radio show anymore. And it was the early days of the internet, the interwebs. <laughs> this was you know, 1998. And, you know, we were just getting online. A lot of people were just getting online. Wow. And we wanted to, you know, use, well, now we have this platform. So at the very least, we were just looking at making a little page that just had links to other stuff, you know, that we cared about. So like anti-corporate abuse or, you know, anti-police injustices or okay. anti-racist stuff. You know, we were just going to make links to it. That's it. And there you go. We've done our part. And, mm-hmm. These are some things you should read. While we were looking to to find that stuff, my husband came upon this little, turns out later, a man named Jimmy Dennis, who was factually innocent on death row in Pennsylvania and paid $20 or something to be listed because he'd heard about this interweb thing and he paid. And I was on a pen pal site, which we would never have been on looking for that, but it came up in our anti-racist stuff because he was talking about how he'd been wrongly convicted and whatever it was. And he's like, I don't need a pen pal. I just need help. And, you know, I don't know what it was. That struck me. We ask ourselves now, why did we write, you know, what possessed us to write a letter to a guy on death row and be like, you know, it's 28-year-old activist. But I think you now when I think about it, partly because we had recently had that radio show. So we were still in that information kind of gathering mode, as well as being activists. So we were gonna make this page, we're gonna, you know, think, oh, what can we do? Well, yeah. he wrote back for some reason. I mean, he got a lot of letters, but that really resonated with him. We were the same age as him. Wow. And I don't know what we said, that he he still has the letter somewhere. And we still have the letter he sent back, which was a 28-page letter written on both sides, wow. along with this much legal documentation, whatever he had in the cell at the time. That's and then later ultimately. Thanks to somebody else, we were able to get a case, you know, all the legal stuff, go through it all to the point where we were like, whoa, that's crazy. So what do we do? Why did we end up? We ended up ultimately starting a ninth. We ended up being a 19 year campaign. I learned how to write press releases. My husband learned how to make a website that, you know, to to ask other people because we weren't publicists. We didn't know what that was. We didn't have money. We didn't have lawyers. We didn't know how to get that out there. So we just thought, well, if we can get it out there, I mean, other people are going to be as disturbed as we are. Mm -hmm. Maybe some of those people can do something about it. So we literally started to learn how, you know, anyway, a long story short, over the, I mean, Wheels of Justice turned slowly in America several years in because of the noise we made. Um, A unicorn team of lawyers, this does not happen. This is only the movies happened but it happened a team of lawyers like seven lawyers were looking for a case of factual innocence that they could put time into and like a a 
free and innocent man. Wow. And because of all the noise that we made, everywhere they turned, people said, look at Jimmy Dennis, look at Jimmy Dennis, look at Jimmy Dennis. So ultimately they started representing him. And that still took a whole lot of years until, you know, anyway, ultimately he was freed in 2017. So that's always wow. mentioning to me. Now I have the pleasure. At one time I would have been on here begging because I did many years of television and radio from my press release. He's begging people to help us save his life. I would have been on here saying, please help me save his life. Please help me save Jimmy Dennis' life. And today, wow. instead, I can literally say, Jimmy Dennis is an incredible R&B artist who's been getting wow. coverage in Rolling Stone, and he's wow. available on all streaming platforms, so please look wow. him up. And now, wow. I mean, he calls me now from a cell and not a cell. I, I really right? do love that. And one thing that resonated with me as you shared that story earlier this week was impact. The number of people I've brought on in different episodes have made impact in people's lives in various ways, you know, and your way was just literally not even, you weren't even thinking of a career, as you were saying, you weren't thinking of another buck. It was just to I help someone. Yeah, to be honest. And so yeah. bless your hearts. You guys have done amazing. And 19 years Let's be real, Tracy, and hopefully we can be real. You must have had challenges, number one, and also were there times where you thought, like, this can't actually happen? Like, it, I don't think it's possible. Or We had two execution dates in that time, Jason. It wasn't a joke. It wasn't mm. just that he was on death row. I mean, we knew theoretically that, that he had appeals still, so wow. that if the right people filed an appeal, they would have to stop the date so that it wasn't serious because appeals right up there's no time when they give you an execution date that it's not serious they were coming in there and asking him about where to send his stuff and what his last meal was going to be and the tears go to my eyes because like it was crazy and you know if they hadn't if the lawyers hadn't moved forward and done their thing then you know he would have been executed even though he still had appeals just the way the system works Right. So so we went through all that with him. It was scary. And we were by a year or seven at first we were like, other people are gonna see this and bam, they're gonna well that was kind of naive. And by six, seven, eight, nine years in we're like, these people know this. They know he's in it and they don't care. Yeah. And it started to get a lot, you know harder by 15 years 16 years 17 years he was always like never never give up and i was always like i mean because we've been through that time we ended up working on other cases where people did end up getting executed issues in their case i knew it could happen it wasn't a joke wow. you know anyway so here's the thing though like he always said never never give up and if somebody who's sitting in a cell and is sentenced to death under the circumstances he was living in of which he didn't even share with us because it was too much and we only hear about now that he's out when he's talking on the podcast and stuff can keep on saying never never give up and not fall into that, which many people do, just like, you know, you know, forget it. They just lose them, you know, they can't do anything, right? Yeah. Whether yeah. when we have a little mountain to climb, let alone something like that, then we could do it same time. Like, oh my God, did this, this didn't start for, it's not going to, I was worried and scared for a minute. You know, like, this is what's going to happen if this actually, like, are they going to, because they weren't joking around. It wasn't a joke. Yeah. yeah. It's, I mean, it's someone's we've life. Seen other people get executed. Oh. Yeah. And you actually, and they really do that. They actually kill them. It's not a theoretical thing. Like sometimes it would almost feel like it's a thing we're just doing. Then all of a sudden I realize, no, we get off the phone with him after like 15 minutes. That's the only 15 minute call he gets all week. And when he finishes talking to us, he goes back to that hell nightmare that none of us can even imagine. Wow. You know, but he was able to prevail through that. And part of the reason, you know, I always want to mention this too, because it's really, I want my story to be an empowering one. It's not about how awesome we were. It is about how awesome Jimmy was to withstand that. But why do people, oh, we did this awesome thing. I can't, you know, deny that. We did help a man get off the throw. We stuck by it for 19 years. Epic. I can't deny it. But it's not yeah. that I'm epic. It's just that I was dumb or I was naive or I believed in myself enough or I thought I could at least move the needle like this. And if I move it like this, somebody else can move it like this, you know. So it's it's the same reason. Other why don't people do things like this? Is it because I'm epic that I did? No. It's because people don't realize how epic they are. People don't realize. Honestly, same reason they don't start businesses or they don't write that book or they don't, they, everybody, who wouldn't help? Who do you know that wouldn't help an innocent man from death row if it took an hour a night instead of watching a, a soap opera or something? Who wouldn't yeah. honestly say, I don't care, let them die? Not many people would say mm -hmm. they really don't care. People care, yeah. but they don't know how to take action about big things or little things. They don't have the self-confidence or, and you have to just realize you can like a famous thing from our, whoever said that about it's only ever been small groups of people that have changed anything. Yeah. You know, it's like people think you can't change anything. It's only ever been small groups of people that have started and changed anything. Yeah. I've always been the spark. I've always, you know, so. Wow. 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 And so, then how did the business story just to end? Cause you asked yeah. how I got. Started. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to ask you how the business started. Yeah. It turned into bed. So in that Jimmy Dennis story, it was, you know, 19 years. Now it wasn't like we went 
right from that to this. He, we've kind of been told to slow down on the successful media that we've been doing. Once the lawyers got involved, it's very common that lawyers are doing their court thing. They don't want a lot of outside noise. So we kind of, it, okay. you know, we stood down. We haven't done much media for a couple of years on that. We were waiting to do it, but we've been told, you know, wait till this point or wait till this point when going, when it's whatever, not just while we're doing this. Anyways, we were just doing our sales thing. We'd like, we'd always been doing, we just continue. And it wasn't until we released, I mean, I wrote my first press release for Jimmy at 28 and he ended up ultimately getting out when we were all 47. Wow. Right. And, uh, but when I was 42, unrelated, it suddenly hit me as we're doing sales. I was like, wait a minute. Uh-huh. That thing that I do where I write press releases and get media attention and know how to navigate media and know what to say and who to call. Because I had started doing it like, you know, in my regular life, if I was, if there was a, you know, a, a politician that I thought was socially good or whatever, I'd be like, hey, I'll write the press release. We were all activists on something. I'll write. And everyone would be like, you'll write the what now? So I realized that that's not some skill that most people have. They don't know how to reach mm-hmm. out to me. Yeah, they don't know what's about. And it's a skill. You, I mean, and, and not just a skill, but a, a knowledge base. You have to understand understand what the editor's looking for, what are the things not to say, what to say, how to draw their attention, how to be credible, how to all that stuff. And I've always been good at messaging, writing, I should say, and explaining and articulating how I feel. And I'm authentic and I really believe in everything. Took on. Anyway, so I thought, well, I can maybe authors or musicians, people like that who need to be, I was originally thinking, who need to be the public eye. I could get the media attention and I was really good at it. And then I started using a service, Upwork happened to be, where I met, like I told you, I'm still blown away. What well, I follow all of my words when I talk about it. One of yeah. my first clients on that was the Angela, doctor, Professor Angela Sadler Williamson, wow. who, who is not a household name, but her, uh, uh, she's the cousin of Rosa Parks. She wrote an award-winning, multi-award-winning film, which is now available on Amazon Prime as, okay. you know, one of the important movies about the Black experience. Yeah. About Rosa Parks, her cousin, you know, Rosa Parks. And like I was telling you the other day, one of the crowning moments of my life is still going to Detroit with my client, yeah. Angela, yeah. and meeting yeah. her after years working on her and sitting, like literally having the opportunity to sit between, you know, with two rows of like Rosa Parks' family. Family. Actual like, family members yeah. watching this film and then, to top it off, they thank me in the film and I'm like, oh my God. Wow. When you watch the film and your name is in the credits, like you're like, like I didn't ask for this. Like I even said to you, I feel like, yeah, I am like, who am I that I have this privilege? You know, some yeah. dumbass white girl from Toronto. And I'm like, sitting <laughs> here with the family. Well, seriously, you know what I mean, though, right? Yeah. With the family of this legend. Like, who, why should I have that privilege, that honor, that, like... It's a great honor. Of, right? And then, yeah. and then, I mean, I'm already blown away that I'm even there in this conversation with you. And then all of a sudden, she's thanking me in the film, and I'm like, okay, like, net, wow. <laughs> Let me just Literally, do I mean, that obviously gave me the confidence to be professional. Like, before that, it was like, this, you know, not the original content. It was on my social justice kind of side of things. Oh, my God. Like, even though it was paid, my first paid content. But I was working with Rosa Parks' cousin. I mean, I would have done that for free, you know. Oh. But then when I'm like, you know, she, I'm thanked them for being taken seriously professionally, not just as the activist. But anyway, so I built on that. So 10 years on now, because I'm this is how good I am at brand building and getting known. I do the same thing for my clients. Now, if you Google me, you'll find, you know, 200 podcast appearances, panels, speaking engagements somewhere. I never went to school for this. And I they regularly have me, not regularly, but a couple times a year, I speak to audiences and I'm invited to universities, speak to audiences of publicists. Now I've got to the point where I've been doing it professionally for a decade. I work with clients across, literally across industries, across borders everything from tech to beauty and i mean like super fashion i have a, a literally a supermodel client who's got a, a footwear line to startups and to nft to my favorite client you know jimmy dennis is our r&b artist out of philadelphia wow, making some noise wow. hopefully and, one yeah. day i'll be able to speak to jimmy i really love i love to even that just to say hello. yeah absolutely yeah one thing i picked on what you said was you didn't go to school for this and when you were in school, was there something else like you had in mind as a career? Was it, I don't know, hairdressing? I don't know, bus no, driver? Good question. Interestingly, I ended up very close to it. I wouldn't have known what a publicist was. Okay. But I always wanted to be a journalist growing up Ooh. to the point where when, and it's funny now because now I write press releases for the media. The media gets them and they turn those into news stories. You know, yeah. they're like reading the, they do my client. And I actually write very articley press releases. 
releases. They're not like, and I find that helps the newsroom. They love them. They're not the traditional one where which just like are really dry. It's mm-hmm. almost like you could take an article, papers have taken my whole article and put it, put it in there, just take it off the header and put it. So now I've also become like I do a sideline. I've written some articles, some publications that have got to know me and said, oh, why don't you write the article, Tracy, and you know, pitch them so on the journalist editorial side. So yeah, I get to write now. I guess I am a writer, but that's what I always wanted to. Be and I wanted to be an author and I wanted wow. to write fiction books, which I've never done now. But but then a publishing company asked me to write a book on PR. So ultimately, I'm an author now and wow. I'm not a journalist, but I've written articles for media outlets yeah, and I yeah. write media like, articles for media. So I guess I hit those things. Come but on, PR is even on. better. I get to only work <laughs> on the things I really love now. Yeah. All the tra- and when I go travel, they don't send me to war zones. I get to go to like, you know, cool little. <laughs> like Malta for conferences and such. That's lovely. And I think once again, like you said, doing what you love, you you literally just stumbled upon the, the sector and the industry and then you fell in love with it, you know, and that's also similar with me as well, where I was in the IT field, but then I stumbled upon social media marketing and I really loved it. You know, the content creation, the platforms, the social media, learning about different things. So this part of the segment is called This or That Tracy for anyone listening to kind of get to know you a bit more. Simple things like, let's say, tea or coffee, series or movies, bus or train, that type of I love Malta, but I fit more in in Malta. I order my British tea. Hey, come on, British tea! I'm just drinking the coffee, you know, the americano, or whatever, and the <laughs> espresso, and I'm like, no, 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 I got my tea. Okay, are you ready to go? Yeah. Okay, so would you rather take the bus or take the train? Train. Train. Okay. Would you rather have an ebook or paperback book? Paperback. Winter or summer? Summer. Okay. Pancakes or waffles? <laughs> Uh, waffles Waffles, okay, cool, cool, cool I'm more of a pancake person I wasn't really strong either way on that one I could have... Cool, cool, that's fine Shopping in store crispy. or online? I was thinking I could make waffles crispier That's why I went with the crispy the Oh, you love them crispy, yeah? I like crispy, so I thought <laughs> oh, crispy. <laughs> that was what was the You know, that would put me on the waffle side Other than that, I could go either way Oh, okay, cool, cool Would you rather shop in store or online? Oh gosh, that's hard. I mean, uh, you know what? I love shopping in the store, but I'm, I'm going to go with online because I'm really into this red theme thing and online I can find like crazy ass red things, just all kinds of weird, like these glasses. I would never find these in a store, but look at these, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like look at those fifties librarian. <laughs> uh, pretty cool. Little cats. I actually, I've looked everywhere. I've never seen it, but online. So yeah, yeah I have to go with the online. Okay, cool. That's fine. Let's but, go. But that makes me feel bad because I think people should support their local stores. But the local stores need to up their red game. Yeah. <laughs> Let's any local store listing, please up your red or any bright colors game. <laughs> right. Then I can totally fully support. <laughs> Gosh. Oh, it's sad that I have to explain this. I'm lo- I'm loving this episode. I'm loving this episode. Okay. <laughs> Would you rather save your money or spend your money? Um, well, you know what? Save it with the exception. Okay. I keep giving you not straight answers. I'm sorry. Travel though. I've never regretted a penny I've spent on travel. So I save my money. Cause I really, I mean, I don't like to go out and spend money on stupid things. I spent like $3,000 to renovate my whole, everything red and black. And now I'm done. I'm like, you know what? There's not really anything I need. Like really I'm done. I don't need the newest this or the newest that. I'm not yeah. like, really a spendy girl. I just did all the things and then that's it. But travel, I will always be chatting. Like I would never, like I'll go anywhere. Cause that's, you'll never, you know, you'll never regret a dime you spent on travel. Really. That's an experience. And it's, yeah. So I would say if I couldn't spend it on travel, I'd rather save it so I can spend it later on travel. Okay, cool, cool, cool. That's fine. That's all right. Plastic or glass? I guess glass. Glass. Okay, cool. That's fine. Would you rather go on a vacation or staycation? Vacation anywhere, anywhere. Come on, let's do it. But yeah, anywhere really. I want to go everywhere. That's cool. That's cool. Okay. Would you rather sleep in the quiet or with noise? Quiet in the quiet. Okay, that's cool. Would you rather watch a scary movie or funny movie? Scary movie. Okay, cool. Dark chocolate, white chocolate. Dark chocolate. Better for you. Okay. Oh well. I answered with the health, but kid me, when I was a kid, I would not eat any chocolate. I I hated popcorn and I hated chocolate. I was like, ew, I was the weirdest kid in the world. But I would eat that really gross, like white chocolate from an Easter candy thing that now is like super sweet. 
If it's really good quality white chocolate, maybe, but actually yeah. really the dark, dark chocolate is way, way we all should be eating because it's better. The milk chocolate's bad for you. The white chocolate's crap. You should eat the dark chocolate cocoa with the cherry in it. One of my clients just literally sent me a gift from Australia, like a big box. I'm like, wow. what is that? And then it was shaky. So I thought something broke. I open it up. There's like, honestly, there's all these Australian treats in it. Also a jar of Vegemite because she thought I should try it. Oh. And, but also like all these like Australian cookies and candy and all kinds of stuff. So yeah, that. Oh, that's <laughs> lovely. Sweet. I'm more of a fan of milk chocolate, to be honest. But yeah. Everyone's- Which one? Milk oh, milk chocolate? Cho- yeah, milk chocolate. Yeah, yeah but get used to the jo- I know dark chocolate is an acquired change, but get used to it. It's so much better for you. Yeah, it's yeah, so yeah. good. For you. It's true. I, I'll like, try it's, it. I'll think it's about like it. A it's not even, but you know, you can mix it up a little. Like have make it have a piece of half and half to make. Because honestly, the benefits of the dark chocolate. If you're gonna eat chocolate, you need those benefits. Yeah, it's got antioxidants and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. You know, we gotta make our treats work for us. Come on, that's so true. Okay, next one. White wine or red wine? <laughs> in Canada, in Canada, you should be. What was it? Red or white? Yeah. Red. Again, red. red. What, okay. what kind of question is that? <laughs> I, I did. I forgot. I literally <laughs> forgot. <laughs> okay, so would you rather listen to music or read a book? Oh, probably read a book. I love music, but I read read more often. I'm always reading. Okay. Would you have a fake Christmas tree or a real Christmas tree? Ah, oh, fake. Okay, cool. I'm we sorry. Have... Yeah, <laughs> that's fine. We we have a big one as well. Would you? We rather... always had fake growing up. Really, yeah. We're in Canada, none of us. We. I mean, I don't know. Other yeah. people had the real. We were like, gotta comes out of the box. You know? <laughs> cool. That's cool. Would you rather be a superhero or supervillain? Uh, I guess I should say superhero, but it kind of looks like the supervillains on TV have more fun. And those superheroes are like super self-righteous. They're like the savior of, I don't know. (laughs) Their personalities kind of suck. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) That's fine. That's cool. I mean, that's your preference. Who has the red and black uniform? I don't know. (laughs) We'd have to go with that. Great. That's great. I've just got a few more for you. Would you rather be okay. in a snowball one, fight? I got one. I bet it's not on your list. But as a Canadian, I'm going to have to add one on your list. And you're in the UK, so you can't answer this. And you probably, you're in the UK, so you don't even know or care. But when yeah. you ask me the red wine versus white wine, yeah. the next thing that a Canadian thinks about is indica versus sativa. That's a big one here. Oh, which is, is the two different strains of cannabis. Because oh. we've been legal in Canada. Coast, oh, okay. That's actually a thing. We've been legal in Canada coast to coast. In Canada, coast to coast since 2018. Okay. And the funny thing about that is like, is like it's, there's a big difference. Like the Indica is, think about in the couch, like, you know, in the couch, like the typical stoner, like you're going to pass out. Oh man, yeah, Indica, you know, I've got it. You know, and uh, supposedly sativa is supposedly more cerebral. The one, you know, you're thinking and the one you're like, I'm going to go write a song. Yeah. I feel creative. <laughs> so, you know, when you're like in the air versus sativa, it's actually like, it actually says, it actually kind of tells you something about the person, right? Definitely. For <laughs> me, I'm a, I am Canadian, Canadian, so both. <laughs> is the answer <laughs> Guys Once again This is Tracy I, I am actually An internationally Globally recognized Award winning Publicist And business <laughs> professional I should you know Interrupt here to say <laughs> no, 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 no. We're laughing And having fun You know Google of- I, I am impressive <laughs> <laughs> Definitely And although she's laughing but no, you know what? You She, she doesn't know her stuff what I teach too You should have fun With what you do You should have fun And you know You, you should enjoy it Like my business life Is is seamless With my personal life Like I like mm-hmm. my clients Like they're either they You know They're clients first or they, they become friends Not necessarily like With money But a lot of times they do Because yeah. I have Their interest at heart And I'm really interested And that's the way It should be If anybody is interested Just theoretically what, what, what the heck is a publicist Just to bring some value Of that And why should an entrepreneur care and small business care and stuff because you know you hear publicists you think rock star and like superhero and you know sports guy and stuff but really more and more now when you hear the term like thought leadership and Mm -hmm. you know build your own brand and what are those things that's great so I I wanted to ask as well like as you were just talking about what you're doing and PR what do you love about being in the PR sector and what keeps you going you've been in the business for a very long time you know so what, what do you love about it 
the fact that every day I get to do, I mean, every day is different mm-hmm. and every day is like a new strategy and it's always a little serotonin boost. Oh, I got, I got you in good housekeeping. I got you in tech crunch. I got you in forms, you know, so there's always a goal that you have to hit. It's never boring. Every day is different with, you know, new clients across industries, across borders. You're always learning, thinking, strategizing, yeah. succeeding. And yeah, so there's a lot to it. It's a lot of moving parts, yeah. so, you know, from research to communications to, you know, basically PR is, I would say, communications, contacts, and people management, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so there's a lot of moving parts you got to do and travel and all that other stuff. But basically what I like about it is elevating people's voices. It actually gives me the power to like make other people's lives better and to yeah. do something that, you know, other people can't do for most people. Most people don't know how to, like I meet people all the time who are doing great things. And my first thing is like, oh man, you should be in media talking about that. You should be quoted. Why are they on, you know, why are you talking about the news? And they look Definitely. at me like, and then I realized nobody has any idea. They don't know how to, you know, they know they're awesome. They know they're good at what they do. Otherwise they wouldn't start a business. They wouldn't be a professional. They wouldn't, you know, but how to make that jump where they the media comes to you. It's really not that hard. I shouldn't say it's, and it's definitely not as easy as you just send them an email to the email that you find on the website. That's the way a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, do not get heard specifically because they're doing it, reaching out wrong, reaching out in an advertorial way instead of an editorial way. So you have to really have an understanding of yourself as a source and you're giving it something to the news what they actually need they don't need a story they don't need to advertise you they may need a source for another story you know okay. so you have to you know kind of see yourself as somebody that has a lot to offer because you do like no matter what it is that you do for a living there are media opportunities for you to get quoted to be teach us as an expert in your fields to speak to your field mm-hmm. wow wow that's great and one thing i wanted to speak about as well is the longevity in business you know you've been in business for a number of years and for anyone listening as they see your name and say wow Tracy Lamore is on and I know that she's in PR she's award-winning she knows her stuff when she comes on a podcast I've been in business for maybe two and a half three years maybe and so seeing someone like you being in business you've seen the ups and downs you've seen various economies, different people, various sectors, you know. So what would you advise or what would you like to say about longevity in business? How do you establish yourself in such a sector or any sector at all? Yeah, to me, it all comes down to, and I, you know, my my perspective is very media-based because that's how I've, I have literally never spent a dollar on an ad. I'm not saying uh-huh. people shouldn't marketing it, but I built my own, it's my global brand mm. where I, I literally don't have to put, like I've never had to place an ad and people come to me and I, you know what I mean? So that's the power of PR. By PR, I don't mean telling a false story or a false narrative. Yeah. I mean, you know, speaking to the public, using the media to tell your story to the public, your story, you know, your expertise, you know, depending on the, maybe it's your backstory, depending on the media source, but more, more often it's, you know, providing your expertise that you have here, which you definitely have, or you wouldn't have started a business to take people's money. So I have literally built my entire brand on presenting myself as the, the true expert that I am and what I do. And I can do that for any client, no matter what they do. If like, if they said, if they're founded a business or they're an entrepreneur, then clearly they're an expert at that, or they wouldn't mm-hmm. be able to be in that space. So anybody who's an entrepreneur, who's an executive who's a founder who you know it doesn't matter what you do you don't have to be a founder like even people you know you're the you're a gardener and you want to talk about that because there's every day I see incoming media opportunities for people with a gardening expertise what plants work this what should you do this how should you do this so anybody that comes to me I can find opportunities to get them quoted in the mainstream media and then all of a sudden they're on their website I've seen in fortune i see on good housekeeping depending on what their thing is i've seen yeah. it wherever yeah. and then whatever you're doing whether you're selling a book or whether you're selling yourself to your employers so you want to get the corner office or whether you're looking for investors you know i had one i mentioned to you last week i had one client who said to me after six weeks of working together you've changed my business and my life and i get a lot of accolades you know but i was wow. like that's a big one you've changed my life and you need and she said you because they were they had just gone through their pre-seed funding and we're looking for the seed funding. And okay. she said you've made investors take it seriously, which is wow. everything, right? When, so it's that building, no matter what it is that you want to do, whether you want to sell, what your goal is, that thought leadership, especially in today's world, making your presence known, having an online footprint, yeah, which is not just putting things that you said, not just your website and your socials and your deck, but other people. That's what you cannot buy with deep mm-hmm. pockets. That mm-hmm. leadership authority, where you're being quoted by authoritative media that you cannot buy your way into. Yeah, and I think I I agree with you as well. One thing that is very powerful 
although there is social media, is a recommendation, a word of mouth recommendation, or just to say so, someone to point to you say that I recommend this person, I trust this person because of the work. You Absolutely. Know? Yeah, definitely. And one thing That's I can... Everything. Yeah, oh, de- definitely it's everything. And one thing I can say for anyone who's listening is... Tracy is someone who's hardworking, you know, as she's talking, yes, we're laughing, we're, we're talking about different topics, but the underlining tone, as I can see, as I'm talking to you, Tracy, is that you are a hardworking person. When the work's get, when it gets down to work, I'm going to get you into, into this publication, to this show, onto, onto this kind of podcast. And that's where you see the difference between the people who just talk about this sector and the experts on the ground. I think that makes the difference because you see the results and you see the numbers, you see the reviews. I mean, that's something you can't take away again, back again to recommendations. Yeah. I'm blown away quite often by what I hear about other, and I'm not, no, not even a particular firm, but just generally about publicists. Mm-hmm. You know, when people will be talking about me after they've hired me or they'll talk about what I do and they're like, you know what? Like, I hear this a lot too. I mean, LA is the land of publicists. You think? And at first, when I started, I thought, oh, wow, you know, to be an LA publicist. Well, do you know, at least three clients have fired their LA publicists. And I'm talking about people in the celebrity world. Like one of my clients, I can't name who, who I can't even name the shows because I don't want to say who they were, but That's one fine. client has been in several television shows or whatever. And they, you know, and, and another person who's on TV and anyway, they literally three people have fired their LA publicist and said to me, you know, self-taught me that I do stuff other publicists don't do because I, you know, because I care about it. And to me, it's all about my job in my mind. And I said this once, just kind of came out in a podcast and ever since then I've been quoting myself because it's perfect, which is celebrate. Uh, my job is to so elevate and celebrate whatever anybody else is doing, the awesome stuff my clients are doing. So I like if that was me, what would I do with this project? I would look for this is what I do with my clients. I'd find opportunities to get them on awards. What awards could they potentially qualify? Nominate them for those. Wow. What a deep dive to three in the morning, find out, you know, what show, what, what reporters talk about this kind of thing, what to, just any kind of, you know, what speaking engagement, whatever. So after I'm, I'm like your advocate, your media advocate, and your because to me that's your public image, you know, what, what anything that is going to make them look better in that bio that I write I'm going to find for them so wow. whether it's speaking engagements or whether it's and yeah so it's like you have a, and, and most people it's funny because most entrepreneurs the listenership is entrepreneurs and I'm an entrepreneur too I'm different because I know PR but every other as entrepreneurs we think about marketing. We think about, we have, it's the first thing we think about, but we never think about this. Well, think about this fact that not, there's not one major company in the world, in mm-hmm. any industry, that doesn't have a, a communications, which is their P, a communication department, which is a PR department, the ones that put wow. out the press releases. Wow. Not one major company in the world, but most small and medium-sized businesses don't. They think it's fluff. It's not. It, that's what mm-hmm. puts you on the different playing field. That's why those guys are getting quoted in the thing and you're not. When you watch TV and you see the doctor or the lawyer, Lawyer, the candles didn't being quoted. Do you think it's because they were the best doctor, lawyer, candle maker in the whole town, and the and the in, you know the CBC or the whatever station went far and wide to find the very best commentator? To no, that's who they had in their database. You know, the guy who that's either the one that presented the story, yeah, or it's the one that they you know when they. Oh, we have a medical story. Oh, who do we have? Oh, yeah, we have the Bob guy that answered last year. Give him a call, and now he's the guy that always gets on there to answer their medical stories. Yeah. Well, you know, you have someone presenting that it makes a difference and you know entrepreneurs you could present yourself but the problem is like i said it's a, a slippery slope because a lot of entrepreneurs make a lot of really bad mistakes in their first reach out to media and the problem is media gets hundreds of incoming inbox they probably won't even open yours the nice thing about having a publicist we have the even if i'm in a market i don't know they know when they see something from a pr company sure they know someone paid me to present this but they also know that my business, if I just started sending them crap, they expect a publicist to like understand what's news, you know, to say to the client, yeah, yeah, that's not for us. And only present it to them when we think it is actually something that there is value to them for their audience. So that's an important difference, understanding that and being able to on the other side, frame your client stories, you know, so that it fits that perfect example right now, I could say really, that frames this really well is, I have a couple of clients this week. One of them is like a, a writer of, of a book, basically a wellness, like holistic and, you know, getting inside yourself, getting, not being anxious and whatever, and like wellness book kind of book, okay. right? So right now, you know, Ticker TV in Australia and a bunch of other media, they take out a lot of my clients. Well, right now, Ticker TV, that usually does a lot of business stuff, which would take them on right away. In the last little while, the last week or two, they've only been doing primarily war stuff. They've been doing a lot of like okay. live coverage of the war of the eight, right? So instead of 
cutting away to a lot of business stories. They really minimize their business stories and they're maximized there. So I thought, oh, you know what? And it's perfect. I literally thought maybe this will work. And I framed it saying ticker TV's audience right now, your audience right now, you know, reader, the guy getting us is stressed out, is anxious, is watching all this news of the war and of COVID and everything else. And where does that leave them? It leaves them feeling anxious, blah, 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 depressed. And what do they do with that? Well, this guy has an answer. Why not have this guy come on, new author, new book to talk? Well, suddenly, if I had sent them a, a thing saying, new book, author about mindfulness wants to yeah. come on and talk, they yeah. wouldn't even open that. Yeah. yeah. But when I'm like, your audience is strapped out right now. This is what you're doing your audience. Here's an answer. Do you know what? Whoops. Not only do they answer me, and I thought, oh, well, I guess they are taking interviews again because they answer me. Usually, when they're on a regular that you'll you'll hear from them a day or two later when things are good right okay. right now like a week later 10 minutes later they answered yep we want them on 10 minutes i'm like bam wow. so that tells me it's a winner so now i'm gonna do a canada-wide press release with that kind of angle to every mm-hmm. news saying and it's gonna get picked up and so it's about thinking about what's gonna and presenting you know in a way that it makes it valuable to that editor wow 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 and i think I love the way you spend the angle at which you get your clients to speak on various platforms. You know, once again, it goes down to hard work and dedication. Also, the, the long-term vision, you know, you don't see, you're not working on the short term, you're working on the long term to put them into good places because when they do well, you do well, you know, and so mm-hmm. that's one thing I've learned. I wanted to ask you, I know it might be a bit personal actually, and I, I was just thinking as you were speaking, there's one person we haven't mentioned, your husband. He He's the one kind of that you've worked with all this time. How is it like working yep. with you guys as a team together? How is it like? Oh, like it's always, you know, we it's really, when, we, when we're like together, you know, against a common enemy or a common goal, there's no stopping us. When wow. we're like putting fire on each other, we're like, well, we argue, you know, it can be... And then we like run out of the room. No, no, I'm not talking about that invoice now. Just do it. <laughs> but, but, but essentially, yeah, no, we work really well together. I mean, we work together as young activists. We worked yeah. together on the radio on the radio show when we were 24, 25. And then we, when we got married, we were on the radio show. And then we worked together. It was literally what became a 19-year campaign to free Jimmy Dennis. And yeah. while we were doing that, we started, so we ended up doing other death penalty work. And it was all not-for-profit for 20 years. You know, literally 19 years, we came home every night for two, three hours. We would be writing letters. We would make a good webpage. We'd be advocating, we'd write it back. So it took up a whole big part of our lives. Then we became parents together. So we have a son who's now 18. Wow. And then we adopted a daughter who was 15. We adopted her who's now 29, has a grandbaby. So we have, oh, you know, we have family members. And then we, 10 years ago, we started building this business together. Yeah. And so... You know, he he's a great writer too. He could write press releases, but he doesn't really. He could write, you know, he does some of the distribution with me, but primarily he does stuff I cannot do, which is the financial stuff. He does our, you know, like our investing stuff, figures out the yeah. whole, he loves blockchain and Bitcoin and all that. So oh, he okay. takes care of whatever investing that we do. And that started small and that, but then he impressed me and like, mm, all right, you do your thing. <laughs> and then also like you, he's a, originally he's a musician. And he's, okay. so he's like an audio visual guy. We need any filming or video. So he takes care of the video and the editing. And the meanwhile, I'm client facing because he doesn't really like to sit down at meetings. He doesn't really like to do podcasts. So I'm client facing. I do the media. I get the clients. I bring the clients in. I'm the face yeah. of the company, the back end in terms of the, the important finance stuff. And yeah. he helped me with strategy and what we're going to do with not so much client strategy, though sometimes, you know, when it's a project, like if it's blockchain related, yeah, for sure. We like, talk about it because he loves that or music related so it was yeah when it's any project related to blockchain or bitcoin or nfts or music or things that are his loves wow. that he you know gets involved with some of the strategy side of things but he's always traveling he's always traveling with me as well and so we've always been a partnership whether it's activism stuff raising our kids this work you know all of it wow. so we've always wow. it's so just the way it's always been it's, we're going into it's been 28 years this month. 28 years last month was when we met. Okay. And 28 years at the end of December. We got married nine months after we met. Wow. Everyone said we were crazy. <laughs> but that was back in 1994. Wow. That's crazy. What a journey for anyone listening. And I still have crazy red hair. <laughs> and he has still has, he still, he still has, he still looks good. He's got the brown curly, long curly hair. Wow. So it's funny we go out now, people are like, who are you guys that were like literally nobody? I don't know what you're talking about, but we look, you know, some of you look like that, right? Like we look so crazy now because we're not 20 anymore, right? So uh, some people think you got to be someone you can get away with that. I guess. Uh, I mean, you guys, as, as you're telling this story, I mean, 
I, I just love your journey, Tracy. And we're I, coming to England one day, this, maybe this year. So oh, we're going to hang out, right? Oh, yeah, right? definitely. Definitely. We, right. we have some British tea. <laughs> Excellent. That would be lovely. And I just wanted to say, like, as we've been talking, or even for anyone listening, they can just see how authentic you are, how genuine you are, oh, you. how genuine even your journey has been, you know. And it, you can't even, to a point sometimes, you don't even say it's, it's a business. It's more of a passion. And your passion, when you wake up in the morning, it's something that you don't even feel sometimes you're doing work. You just feel like, oh, I'm doing something I love, you know. And you've got 100%. a few people that you are helping to also do that, who are actually your clients, but maybe become at one point become friends or even family, you know. And so I wanted to ask as well, and in closing, you've had this journey along the years. You've had the Jimmy case. You've had starting uh, Lamore Media. Have you had any challenges along the way? Has it always been sunshine and roses literally straight road to gold and everything but how, how has it been I, well finances were it was a mystery to me i didn't grow up learning how to build a business i didn't grow up thinking i would ever build a business i didn't know you know and so i came from working minimum wage as a younger person to the point where i was starting to you know build my own business where you know 30 bucks an hour still sounded really high to me. And then I realized it isn't when you start making money. And so essentially, even up to, I mean, I honestly say five, like five, six years ago, maybe when I first moved here, yeah. I still remember like six years ago, having to borrow from a friend $30 because I was like, didn't have enough money to get through to the next till two days away. Wow. And, I was, and now that never have, I can't remember the last time my account was under whatever. I, yeah. I have to work every day still, but I don't have to worry. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I have to work every day to keep it going, but I know if I keep doing what I'm doing, it's gravy. I can do this. I can get whatever, you know, so it's all fine. But it wasn't that long ago that it was. I'm really proud that I built this out of nothing. But the thing is, yeah, this, so it was always a struggle, but my whole life was always a struggle once I lived up on my own anyway, in terms of finance. So it wasn't so mm-hmm. much building the business. Growing the business has sort of been a linear constantly improving. And I was lucky that I didn't need any employees to start my business. I started my business in a, in a corner of a rental apartment at the time wow. with a really crappy old internet connection. I mean, sorry, with an internet connection yeah. and a really crappy old desktop. Wow. And you literally going, okay, huh, how can I find some clients? I'm just going out there and going on LinkedIn and messaging, really undercutting my price and just proving what I could do, proving what I could do, proving what I could do. Yeah. And, you know, so I literally started small. I didn't have to put money in the game. I didn't have to worry about the kind of risks that I business do so i was able to like grow supposedly slowly but when i look back on it really wasn't slowly because i really put out my shingle in terms of professionally taking money to do press releases as opposed to the act you know writing press releases for activist reasons before but Mm -hmm. taking money from people to pay me to get them into media and stuff across for a decade now and I've been winning awards for five years and like four years before COVID, you know, whatever the last year before COVID was almost four years ago, three years ago, yeah. whole 2019, I was all over the world on nine different, I say something like on, Something like I can't remember that one. That was like nine different with eight, on nine different projects. I was in like eight different countries on four different continents. Wow. Yeah. And who am I? Wow. Like you know. So like I guess I've done everything right, but I've really done I've, I've done nothing than anybody else. But just literally just done what young activists me mm. learned how to do. Yeah. Staying within my ethics, only working with people that I want to. I proudly say I've never worked for you know something I'm not proud of. Like I had an Uber driver the other day. He said, "What kind of company did you work for? PR, huh?" PR has bad PR. <laughs> what kind of company did you work for? And I was laughing. I'm like, actually, I'm proud to say I've never, I can, I never worked for something I'm not proud of. I've yeah. never worked. I haven't paid money for a politician ever. Worked for some campaign as an act, as a young activist, where I did PR stuff. But I've never been paid by a politician. And you know what? I think I'm going to keep it that way now because even if somebody's great, and you kind of have to buy into whatever decision they make, or you have to feel responsible for whatever. I just want to be responsible for me and my thing. And so I've never taken any politicians' money. If I believe in what someone's doing, I can help them out. You know, I yeah. can do it. You know, but I don't want to get money and i've never worked for any big tobacco company i've never worked for big any alcohol company i've never worked for anything even any big giant corporation no big googles no big whatever and yet mm-hmm. i make a really good living because i love the small medium-sized businesses i love celebrity i love a you know certain kind of celebrity as long as they're ethical i love authors and basically my thing is no matter what the sector is it's about the it's a person mm-hmm. the founder is a person the author is a person the celebrity is a person so what's that person all about do we resonate? Do they have goals that I, I do I want to give them bigger a platform? I'll mm-hmm. go look at their socials before I take their money. I'll look at, is this someone using their current platforms in a way that I would feel good about elevating their platforms? Mm-hmm. Wow, you know? wow, wow, wow. I, and I, want, I wanted to ask, 
as you were talking again, one thing I picked up was you've won many awards over the years and we've got people listening all over from Philippines to Pakistan to Ghana to Canada to UK. It's amazing where almost how many episodes in, but we've got a, a wild um, worldwide audience. And so for anyone listening who's getting there's, there's someone who maybe is a, an upcoming journalist or someone who just likes to write blogs, wants to get into writing or journalism, what would be your advice for them? So number one, think about me. First step is establish yourself as a, again, it's all about your thought leadership or show what you can do. Talk about what you can do. Differentiate yourself. And Medium is a great platform to start because Medium, a lot of people think it's like an actual magazine, like, you know, HuffPost yeah. or something. But it's not. It's actually more like Facebook, where anybody can go and make a page. So you go and you, but it's not a page. You make an article, right? But it comes out very professional, blah, blah, blah. A nice thing, and if it is really good, it's possibility of it getting picked up, featured on the cover of front of medium, then it is like a magazine. Then it has 100 million, blah, 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 whatever. So, but the most important thing is you're putting your, you're developing your writing and you're putting it somewhere where people can see it to start with. It's because a lot, a lot of places when you're pitching your writing, they're going to want to see some previous articles. If you don't have any previously published articles, at least start writing articles and putting them on a medium, which where you're not getting edited. It's, it's not like a magazine in that nobody's editing your work. But a lot of ma actual magazines use that platform for their plat thing too. So people okay. are used to seeing quality writing, real articles on that platform. Yeah. So if you use that and, and consider it like, you know, like it is an article, correctly place a picture, you know, make it editorial, not advertorial, blah, 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 and start writing a few articles there. Start, And you can actually get paid for those too and start developing readership on them, like mm -hmm. pennies per reader, blah, blah, blah. But some people have made like careers on writing on Medium, you know, they write. So there's, that's a whole avenue if you wanted to build your whole thing just on Medium. But no matter, who, number one, do that first though. And also yeah. a lot of people don't know too now that like Amazon has a lot of self-publishing things, like the publish on demand things that look, again, it's all about a design if they're published and because i know like i had a new york times best-selling author who came to me for her third book because she decided for her third book she didn't want to go with a traditional publisher didn't okay. want to specifically because she wanted to put it out quickly not in a year because the, the, they have their own way of doing things yeah. and when they put it and she wanted to put it out right away plus she wanted control she knew she wouldn't be getting the big marketing pitch done but she's like doesn't matter their pr's crap anyway i'll just hire a publicist yeah they'll buy them for me and she'd get 80 percent number one to be immediate and number two should get you know all that more of the money so but you know a lot of people do that and do a crappy cover and then they undercut themselves don't undercut yourself on that go spend money on a graphic designer go get a killer looking cover because people will judge a book by the cover and they should because yeah. if the cover doesn't look like you put care into it if there's spelling mistakes on the cover or it's off center i don't take it seriously why would i pick it up and buy it? you didn't love it enough to even and sure enough when you see a book like that you open it up and you're you, the spelling mistakes inside because they weren't that you can get a graphic designer for pretty cheap. There's Fiverr, there's Upwork, there's whatever. Put together a, a nice image, a nice cover, a nice writing on the back, and then like put your expertise together. I just read a travel book on Malta that had some BBC person in the back saying this was the best travel book ever. The book was yeah. really crap, to be honest. Three quarters of it was about it wasn't even about Malta. It was about this guy and how he. Well, he wouldn't, and also it's a travel book. He wouldn't go into underground. He wouldn't go up. He wouldn't do half the things. And so I was like, actually, no, it wasn't a good travel book. I could literally write a better travel book about Malta based on my two trips there in ten minutes. Yeah. And I, could, and I was, you know what? It made me think. You know what? Now with Amazon being that easy, I really should because I was so disappointed in that book. I was like, you know, I bought that because I loved Malta and I want to go back. And there, I could do a ten minutes better, and you could like literally yeah. and have it there. And they're evergreen. Like anybody, you know, whatever you're interested, you you know, whatever you write about, you could be have a book about what entrepreneurs are thinking in 2022. You know, you could have a book that's like 10 hints of success in 2022 from five great entrepreneurs across industries. That could be the title of your book. Every chapter is basically condensed version of interviews that you've done, plus your own advice. Boom, you put that on Amazon. It doesn't cost you any money. They, because, you know, it's only by, I mean, other than whatever you pay for the book cover, right? But yeah. then, you know, whatever people are ordering it, anybody, whoever, like literally when I was Googling books about Malta, you know what I ordered? Somebody did this, but brilliant. They put a picture of Malta on the cover of a an empty journal. And okay. it says, Journal for Trip to Malta. And the book is empty. It's for me to write in. <laughs> and they're charging like $17 for it. 
And I bought the shit. And I'm excited to get out. How many other people did that? Literally, and it's on demand, so they didn't have to go and spend all kinds of money to put them in a warehouse. Right? Yeah, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. They literally just put them there, do a little marketing, place an ad, so, you know, whatever your expertise is, yeah. think about that, because people who don't know half as much as you do are doing that. Wow, wow, wow. That's amazing. That's amazing. And I think for anyone listening, you've been encouraged by Tracy. Again, Tracy, thank you so much. I wanted to say that number one, you've inspired not only people that are currently in business to take PR seriously, but also those that are starting to get into business understand the value of PR and also quality PR, you know, and also I just wanted to say thank you so much, number one, for that. Also, thank you for your love for standing up for people who have been through social injustices. And um, I really do love that about you and your family. And that's one thing that I would say that is genuine about yourself, you know? And so for anyone listening, I'm announcing today, for anyone listening today that, I mean, I'm going to keep in contact with Tracy. She's not just another episode for me. It's another person that I've met that I can learn from. I feel like I've met a friend too, so I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. And hopefully either I'm in Canada or you're in London and hopefully we'll meet meet in person and so yeah for anyone who's looking to kind of get into PR writing journalism anything about that please get in contact with Tracy Tracy where can they contact you find more details about it I'm happy anybody wants to do a free half hour I'm happy to do a free consult if you want to get your head around how it could actually help you know you as a business because again any any entrepreneur no matter what it is that you do I can find media opportunities for you global media opportunities local national the whole thing so yeah even you even you no matter what people are like me yeah 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 I'm telling you everybody yeah. so uh as long as you don't mind talking and you're articulate you can even if you don't want to do media like in terms of tv radio there's a lot of 80 percent of these interviews are done you know just where the reporter asks you questions and you answer them you don't have to talk to somebody wow. so wow. you can build your brand and it's it's really really important in today's world you know do it do it do it and so wow. you can reach me and you can call me actually I'll let me in a minute I'll pull up my Beverly Hills and my Canadian number but find me online is Lamori Media L-A-M-O-U-R-I-E media.com or on Facebook Tracy Lamori L-A-M-O-U-R-I-E on Instagram please follow me there I'm Tracy Lamori PR Media and on uh, Twitter it's Lamori Media now. And you can also call me at Toronto is 289-788-5881. And we have a number in Beverly Hills, even though, because we we're going to open an office there, even though physically then COVID happened. So yes. physically we were still here, but the Beverly Hills number will come through here, but soon it will be so anyway, that number is 424-444-8052. So you can call me at those numbers. You can find me on any social and tell me that you saw me on this awesome Adosa Boss show, which I love this title. Because wow. it's boss. It's boss. Thanks and tell me you saw me here. And as a result, I'll you know be happy to do a free consult where you can, no obligation, but you can really kind of get your head around what this is all about and how it might help you. Yeah, and for anyone listening, you could be in your car, you could be taking a walk, or you've just woken up and you're listening to this episode. Just want to say one more time, this has been Tracy Lemori. She is a leading expert and an award-winning publicist. And not only will she elevate you, but you generally find value in what you give to other people. And so please get in contact with her. And I'll put all the details she's mentioned also in the description on the different platforms that we're on. Thank you so much. This has been another episode of the Daily Dose of Boss. Hope you're inspired to be the next founder, CEO. Take care and have a great day. Hold up. 